Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. This is episode number 193, and the last week has been an absolute roller coaster, not only emotionally, but physically, literally, and of course, figuratively, for the Celtics and us fans. What is going on with this Celtics series, and do they actually have a shot to come back and win? Obviously, us Celtics fans hope so. Us Celtics fans want them to. But how legitimate is this really after being down, excuse me, after being down three nothing to claw their way back and win the last two games? Listen, I'm all about it. I'm very excited. They're winning me back. But I, they should have won those first two games. Game three was an embarrassment, really broke your spirit. But here they are winning two of them. There's going to be a lot of question marks regardless how this series plays out, and I really can't wait to dive into that. We are going to be talking Celtics basketball in today's episode through and through. No Red Sox, no Patriots, no Bruins, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, Eastern Conference Finals. Very, very excited for today's episode, as should you guys be as well. But... Let me get into some pleasantries real quick before we go any further. Again, thank you guys so much for joining me today for today's episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. If this is your first time, hopefully you enjoy today's episode. If you're listening to this on audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. So I would really appreciate you downloading, listening, and of course enjoying. But if you're listening to this on YouTube, which I know some people do as well, Thank you so much for clicking on the video. Please make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. All right, where do I even begin? 
I really don't want to talk about games one through three. I really don't. I mean, we kind of touched upon in game uh, last week, but I really don't want to talk about games one, two, or three. But you could have made the case that they should have won the first two games. They were up double digits in the second half. Things just fell apart. And then things, my opinion, hit rock bottom in game three. They showed quit. They showed that they didn't want to be there. And they made it seem like game four is just going to be formality purposes. They really did. And I was at the point personally, and I know a lot of people were too. I was at the point, uh, if you're going to lose, just lose, get swept. Let's be done with this. But then they win game four and they looked really good. I guess they went to Top Golf when they were down in Miami. They had some drinks. They hung out. They just bonded, right? And sometimes that's all it takes is a little bit of bonding. No matter how that bonding is made, like 2013, you know, the Boston Marathon bombing really bonded the Red Sox together, bonded the city and the region together. And next thing you know, the Red Sox that year were just an absolute juggernaut. Is the top golf outing going to be the turning point for the 2023 Celtics season? So far, it looks like it. Listen, I'm not complaining. Whatever you got to do. If you got to go to the movies, go to the movies. You want to go to the beach, go to the beach. Whatever you need to do to play Celtics basketball. And that's exactly what they've been doing these past couple of games. They've been playing Boston Celtics basketball. And I hate to say it, it shouldn't be this hard. It really, really shouldn't. The first three games in this series, you scored over 100 points and you gave up over 100 points. And you lost all three games. Right? Game four. They, again, scored over 100 points, but they only gave up 99, so they held Miami to less than 100 points. Same thing with Game 5, 110 points they scored, and they held Miami to 97. We could even go back to the 76ers series as well. When they were down 3-2, Celtics came out 195-86. Game 7, they won 112-88. They played defense and held the other team to under 100 points. And honestly, that seems like it's the key. So far, this playoffs, they are, what is it, 5-0 uh, and oh, when they hold the other team to under 100 points. The Hawks, game one at the first round, 112-99, they win. Uh, the 76ers, game two, 121-87. Game six, same series, 95-86. Game seven, 112-88. I'm sorry, 6-0. and oh. And then the last two games, four and five against Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals. They are six and oh when they hold the other team to 100 points. It just so happens that the Celtics have also scored over 100 points in all of those games. It, it's kind of obvious to me that the talent level from the first round against the Hawks to the second round against the Sixers, which was a little bit more even, but here in this third round against the Heat, that the Celtics' talent level is showing up in the difference between the Celtics and whoever they're facing. You can see the disparity there, whether it was the Hawks, 76ers, and now the Heat. And I think that's the huge thing that's finally one of the many factors in the turning point for the Celtics this series is they're playing, they're shooting better, they're playing defense. And yes, Jimmy Butler, fun guy to watch, easy to root for. Yes, you, you like see Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, all these undrafted guys go out there and ball. But, like, can we just dial it back? Let's put Jalen Brown one-on-one -on -one against 
those undrafted guys. Who are you taking? Jalen Brown. Let's put Jason Tatum up against those undrafted guys. Who are you taking? Jason Tatum. And, like, just as a whole, the Celtics roster, and this was really one of the big arguments that the Celtics had going into the series, is your talent level is better than the Miami Heat. Your roster this year is better than the Celtics roster last year who beat the same Heat team. Yeah, the Heat was able to get, uh, was it Cody Zeller? Uh, They were able to bring in Kevin Love. But, like, they're not giving you crazy minutes. They're not huge, impactful players. Like Malcolm Brogdon has been immensely impactful this year. I know he's kind of going through an elbow injury, so he wasn't really a factor in Game 5, but previously. And, yes, there is a huge coaching disparity. However, in the NBA, I hate to say it, coaching really shouldn't be that big of a factor. When LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh were going to the finals four straight years and they won two of them, yes, Eric Spolstra was the coach back then. But were we really going to sit there and say that Spolstra was the reason why that they won those championships and made it to those finals, LeBron's four years in Miami? I don't think so. Are we really going to sit here and say Tyron Lue was the reason why that uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers made it to the finals those four straight years that LeBron was there? No. It was LeBron, Kyrie. Kevin Love, ironically enough. Yeah, J.R. Smith. Like, they had a good roster. They had tons of talent. Let's go to Golden State. When they ripped off their four um, championships and their handful of finals appearances, was it Steve Kerr? Maybe he played, probably played a role in it. But no, it was Steph Curry, uh, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, obviously Durant when he was there, Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, I mean, Leandro Barbosa earlier on. Like, I mean... The talent gap just favored those teams. And again, we're seeing the talent gap now in these past couple of games. Not that they've been blowouts, but they've won by 17 points in Game 4 and now 13 points in Game 5. So we're seeing it. And it's it's nice. It's promising. I'm not trying to jump ahead of myself here, but my biggest takeaway is the Celtics are playing defense. It's that simple. It is super duper simple. That simple to play defense. Because I think through the talent that they have, the talent gap that is there, they should easily be able to score 100, 110 points. Some cases, 120. But if you can just lock down, play defense, turn defense into offense, put pressure on the opposing team, make Jimmy Butler have to exhort energy on defense, then I really do think the Celtics can find a way to win Game 6. And I'm only focused on Game 6. I really don't care about Game 7 because there is no Game 7 unless you take care of business here in Game 6. I've said that pretty much every time the Celtics, the Bruins, or even back when the Red Sox were last in the playoffs. I don't care about the following day. I don't. I don't care about the following series. I don't care about the following game. When your back is up against the wall, all that matters is Game 6. Or the next game, I should say. And that's the Celtics' attitude right now. And it feels like ever since that Game 3 loss in their top golf outing, that their attitude has shifted. I, I, feel like, I feel like they woke up and they just, you know, they entered the series, they feel like they could have beat Miami without even trying. I think they took them disrespectfully. And you know what? I don't know why. You played them three times in the regular season. You played them last year, again, with a similar roster. In the Eastern Conference Finals, who took you to seven games? Who Jimmy Butler almost hit a game-winning three. Why did you take him so lightly? But again, Celtics have that mindset now. One game at a time. 
And in a best of seven series, when you're kind of going back and forth, punch for punch, you know, you win one, you lose one, you win one, you lose one. You don't really need that one game at a time mentality. However, when your back's against the wall and you're down three nothing, three one, and now three two, yeah, it's you, you need to have that mentality because there's no tomorrow if you lose. In the beginning of the series, when you lose the first game, one twenty three, one sixteen, and you're down one nothing. Yeah, you got you got the next game. You got the game after that. Yeah, there's tons of games ahead of you. But I, I like how the energy mindset has shifted, whereas I feel like it dramatically shifted. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm going to ride the wave and call it a good thing. Maybe better late than never for the Celtics to just snap out of it, that cocky, arrogant mindset. And I would really love to see the Celtics pull this out. I don't know if they're going to. I'm confident. I feel good. But again, one game at a time. Play defense. Let the talent disparity really shine. And I think the Celtics can win game six. Game seven, anything could happen. We all know that. Anything could happen game seven. But the Celtics right now, they're playing loose. They're playing fun. They got nothing to lose. I mean, look at the Florida Panthers in the first round against the Bruins. They were down 3-1. They had nothing to lose. Let's just go out, have fun. Let's play our hardest. Let's make some hits and just put pucks on the net. Next thing you know, they went three straight. They go to the next round. They beat the Maple Leafs 4-1. to The next thing you know, they sweep the Carolina Hurricanes 4 nothing. Now they're in the finals, the Stanley Cup finals. All three teams that they beat, not only seeding and record-wise, but talent-wise, they were just better. All those teams were better than the Panthers. But the Panthers had that one-game-at-a-time mentality, team first, let's make the right plays, let's play defense, defense into offense. All the things that I've already harped on in today's episode, and we're only like 12 minutes in. I really, I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I really don't. But I, I was talking to some people here at the shop over the past week going into, what was it, going into game five. This is before last night's game. And I said, if the Celtics win game five at home, the pressure, and this is true, the pressure goes on to Miami. You could say the pressure's on Miami after... Um, Celtics win game four, or you could say that the pressure was on Miami after they won game three. Celtics have nothing to lose now. They're down three, nothing. They're just going to go out and they're just going to play history. They're, oh, what is, um, oh, and 149 or something like that. Oh, and 150 uh, teams down three, nothing in a series. Nothing to lose, right? Nothing to lose. Let's just go out and play basketball. Miami Heat, on the other hand, have to go out and actually execute and win and take care of business to, to not lose. But again, we've gotten to the point where if the Celtics can win game four, which they did, and they can win game five at home, which they did, that pressure kind of turns back to Miami in a much stronger way. Yeah, the pressure was on the Celtics because they have higher standards. They have higher expectations. They're supposed to do this. They're supposed to do that. But again, they were down 3 nothing. Game three was just awful. What happened? There's conversa- internal conversations about Joe Mazzulla not being the right guy, that they should never let go Ime Udoka, that they're struggling because of the Udoka situation, that they weren't prepared, whatever, that Jalen Brown might get traded, whatever the conversation is, whatever the internal discussions were, there was issues. And that was blatant. And they're too far gone to worry about it and fix it. So what do we have to lose? But wait, they have an outing at Top Golf. They win game four. They win game five. And Jimmy Butler is going to tell you, like, ah, pressure. What pressure? We'll go out. 
We'll take it. We'll win. We'll win. Like, that's great. And that's the kind of attitude that you do need to have. But the Celtics have now made this a series. And it's definitely a series worth discussing. Because if they just got swept, we could look back at they should have won game one. They should have won game two. Game three was an absolute blowout. They quit. Like, series should be 2-2 in all honesty, right? But now I'm looking back at it. And you could say the Celtics could have won all four of the games. Uh, I'm sorry, all five of the games except game three. So they should have won four, one, two, four, and five outside of game three. And the series should be over. And you could make that argument. They lost by seven points in game one after having a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. They lost by six in game two after having a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Again, they got blown out in game three. They won game four and they've won game five. Just like the 76ers series, they should have won every single game. All the games the Celtics lost in the Sixers series, they lost by four in game one. They lost by one in game four. They lost by 12 in game five. But again, um, I think the Celtics had double-digit lead in that game too. I'm not uh, – let me check. Uh, I don't think so. I think the Sixers had control of that the whole series, uh, the whole game. But again, I mean, you could, again, make that argument that – hold on. I need to pull back up now. Um, nope, nope, wrong game. Oh, I hate when you click back and it brings you all the way back. Game five. Um, it was only 33-26 at the end of the first. It was uh, – oh, I got to do math here. 58-49 to 49 at, at the halftime. And then the second half is kind of where the 76 just kind of, you know, took over. Anyways, my main point here is I do believe Miami is starting to feel a little pressure. They don't want to be that team, that one team to lose when they're up 3 nothing. They know the Celtics are better. If Miami wasn't able to win the first three games and get out to a 3 nothing lead in the series, again, the series is probably over in five, six games. Based off of the information that we have from the previous five games thus far, Celtics could have won game one, they should have. Celtics could have won game two and should have. They did win four and five. Like, theoretically, the series should be over. I am excited for what's to come. I am excited, but I still need to heed caution because Miami is still being written as an underdog despite being up 3-0, 3-1, now 3-2. So I want to turn my attention here to FanDuel and just look at some odds. I don't bet basketball. The only sport I bet is football just because it helps me control because I know a lot of people are degenerate gamblers, which is fine. Kind of. <laughs> but like the odds of winning the NBA championship outright here are the odds and a fire truck is going by so if you hear that in the background I apologize here are the odds to win the NBA championship outright Denver Nuggets who have already clinched their spot in the NBA finals minus 185 okay that makes sense they're already there they're a really good team they fought well point out some flaws really can't but again, still early. Minus 185. The Boston Celtics, plus 290. Plus 290. Now, if they advance, I bet the numbers might change a little bit. And I also think that they have a better chance to beat Denver than Miami does. Whereas FanDuel has Miami plus 600 to win the NBA championship. Now, I don't know what these numbers looked like before last night's game, nor do I really care at this point. But Miami is still up three games to two. They still have two chances to close out the Celtics. In their, and I, again, FanDuel has taken everything in consideration. Momentum. Talent level. I mean, Celtics are a better team on the road. So if they can win, then game seven's at home where, again, anything can happen. 
but plus 600 though that seems disrespectful plus 290 for the Celtics like even if the Celtics are able to advance like even if Celtics or the Heat are able to advance they're gonna have a tough time against Denver and I think that's why you see plus 290 plus 600 but the the spread gap between the Celtics and the Heat to win the championship is just preposterous knowing that the Heat are up three games to two but let me dial it back. Let's just dial it back and just not even think about the NBA Finals right now because we're not there and we really need to consider and focus on Game 6, which is tomorrow at 8.30 tip-off down in Miami. The spread is minus 3 for the Celtics, plus 3 for the Heat. The money line, actually let me go over the over-under, is uh, 2.11. Seems about right. Last night was, was it 2.07 or something like that? Yeah, 2.07. So yeah, no, whatever, that's fine. The money line, Celtics... Minus 146 in the Heat, plus 124. I know for a fact, depending on what sports book you're looking at, that the Miami Heat money line last night for last night's game, again, they were up 3-1 to one going into that game, plus 290. Plus 290. So there's some disrespect there, a lot of disrespect. And now the game comes back home for Miami, down in Miami, and there's still the underdogs at plus 124. It's just, even looking back at game one of the series, ESPN had the Celtics 97% chance to advance, Miami 3%. After, the, what was it, the game one loss for the Celtics and the Miami won, it was like 89 to 11 or something like that. It's just Miami's been constantly disrespected. And a lot of people here at the shop also continue to disrespect the Miami Heat. They don't have the talent level. Jimmy Butler's getting old. He can't do it by himself. Tatum and Brown, da 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 Deservingly, deservingly so, points to be made. To be, points to be made. Uh, Jason Tatum was coming off a 51-point Game 7. Jalen Brown looked extremely well. The Celtics played fantastic defense those last two games against Philadelphia. But anyone that's been to the shop but leading up to the series would know. I was like, hold on, let's pause. Pause. Because Miami... Just beat Milwaukee 4-1, beat New York 4-2. They brought you to Game 7 last year. Let's just pause for a second. Give them a little bit of respect because they are being heavily disrespected across the board, across the country. I want to say it's going to go 6 or 7 games. I really do. You can fact check me, check my security cameras, talk to people here at the shop. I said that 6 or 7 games. Everyone's like 4 games, 5 games. Oh, it would be crazy if they go 6 games with the Celtics in 6. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. 
You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life altering. And if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Miami is being continuously disrespected despite being up three games to two. And listen, I'm not trying to sound like a Heat fan. I'm not trying to defend the Heat. I just wanted to bring caution Let's not jump ahead of ourselves. That disrespect could turn into something, could turn into motivation, fuel for the fire, a burning down in like your soul that you're getting all this hate and disrespect and you want to, you know, prove people wrong. And I think through ESPN giving them a 3% chance and the odd makers giving them plus whatever it was at the beginning of the series and all these money lines and spreads favoring the Celtics. I think all that really turned the series into a 3-0 lead for them. I really do. It took the Celtics damn long enough to kind of wake up and be like, oh, whoa, 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 hold on, whoa. All right, we can we can win a couple games here. We can do this. And like, I think that disrespect kind of got, you know, dragged all the way through that Game 3 victory, that, that blow-up victory that the Heat had from originally before Game 1. 3% chance, plus whatever, all the spread, all the money lines that favor the Celtics, yada, yada, yada. It kind of went down to when the Heat went up 2 nothing, 3 nothing. But now that that disrespect and those odds are turning against Miami again, or continuously still against Miami, that might just kind of add a little bit more fuel to their crazy playoff run this year, to the team, the scrappy hungry, hard-nosed, competitive team that they are. So I really want to have a lot of caution when it comes to Game 6. Don't discount them. Don't disrespect them. And then hopefully a, a potentially Game 7. And I know we're not going to have another episode before Game 7. Actually, the next episode after this, episode 194, is not going to be till June 2nd. That's when the NBA Finals Game 1's already happened. So we're either going to be sitting here next week, and I'm not wrapping up the episode now. I'm just kind of continuing my Celtics discussion here. We're either going to be sitting here next week on June 2nd for episode number 194 to discuss Celtics, Nuggets, Game 1, going into Game 2. Obviously, we're going to touch upon the Celtics and the Heat series, you know, if the Celtics do advance. We're going to be talking about that. Or we're going to be talking about them losing Game 6 or Game 7. And how it was so pivotal, them blowing those double-digit leads in the fourth quarter in Game 1 and Game 2, ultimately doomed them. Because if they lose in Game 7, then you could just look back at Games 1 and 2 and be like, damn, all you had to do is win one of those games. All you had to do is win one of those games. And again, that's why if the Celtics, that's why I said, if you're just going to lose, just get swept to be done with it. Because there's way less question marks. Because no matter what you've done, no matter what game you stole, what game you should have won, it wasn't going to matter. Miami was better than you 
four out of four times. But now where you've won game four and game five, we're looking at it, and I've already done it in today's episode. If they didn't blow that lead in game one, if they didn't blow that lead in game two, they've won the series four to one. Okay, let's say they keep one lead, but they blow the other lead. All right, now we're up three games to two. It's just these little things that you don't think of in the moment of one game or two games. But when you look back at it, it's like, wow, wow, we actually could have won this series. Look at the 76ers series. They won uh, four games to three. Celtics should have won game one. Uh, Celtics should have won game four. I still think the Celtics could have won game five, but let's just say they didn't. Let's just say they couldn't because they didn't. Celtics, from that perspective, won five games out of seven. I I will remain optimistic in reference to the Celtics. I will remain very optimistic. Why? Where the whole season, I was very cautious. I didn't buy into them. I knew they were going to collapse at some point. I was just waiting for it. They lost the one seed. They beat Atlanta like they should. They lost game one against Philadelphia. They blew the lead in game four and then game five. You just knew. You just saw the cliff. You're like, picture like you're at a cliff, right? You're looking over a cliff. This is how I felt about the Celtics leaving uh, that Atlanta Hawks series because that should have been an easy win. You're just leaning over the cliff, right? Your feet are just nailed glued to the ground but you're leaning over kind of like michael jackson uh i don't know what that dance move's called where his feet are still and he's just like leaning over like at a 45 degree angle with the ground crazy crazy um dance move and that's what you're doing you're just waiting for your feet to give out that's exactly what where i've been like with the celtics all season through the playoffs and very much so in this Miami series, especially when you went down 3 nothing, You're just like, somebody push me. Tatum, Brown, Smart, somebody push me. When are my feet going to give up? How far, much further can I bend? The way that I'm bending right now over this cliff, it's like a 10-degree angle. I don't even think a, a human body could do that. And no, I'm not going to try it. No, I won't make a video about it. But hopefully you guys can kind of understand and, and, and see how I feel about this team. And it's been like that all season. From the Udoka firing to the hot start. It's like, okay, well, hold on. Where is this coming from? Then Missoula faces adversity. They cool down. They lose the one seed. Again, uh, losing game one to the 76ers. Going down 3 nothing to the Heat. You know the edge is there. You're over the edge. You see, you see the edge and you're over the edge. You just need that tap, that push. And I thought that was going to come in game four. It didn't. So it's been hard for me to buy into the Celtics team. But again, we're so deep into the playoffs. We're almost there to the finals. And no, we're not going to celebrate getting to the finals, but being down 3 nothing and coming back to win seven games would deserve a little bit of a celebration. But again, this is the city of Boston. We care about championships, not finals appearances, not game seven victories, unless it's the championship. And I just, people around here just get a little too ahead of themselves just like with the Bruins. Like, the records was great. The win record, the point record, it was fantastic. It was such a fun season to watch. I'll never forget it. But again, they lost in the first round to a team 
that did outplay you, but they weren't better than you. If you lose in Game 7 to the Edmonton Oilers because Connor McDavid puts up four goals and you lose 4-3 to three in overtime, all right, you, you, you went as far as you could. You played the very last game, the very last day, golden goal to decide the Stanley Cup champion. And you just lost to the best superstar on this planet across sports. That you can live with. That you can live with. But whereas the Panthers, yes, they outplayed the Bruins, but they're not better on paper. I mean, their coach, was he had the fourth most wins all time. I think he's like the sixth most losses all time too. So call for that. I mean, Cy Young baseball has the most wins of all time. He also has the most losses of all time for a starting pitcher. Wild. But again, this, uh, the Celtics are a better team than the Miami Heat on paper, on the scorecard, in, in the program that you get at the arena, in 2K. They're better in all facets of the game of basketball except coaching. And in my opinion, coaching I don't think matters as much in the NBA. Now, for a young and up-and-coming team like the Spurs have become in the Rockets with Udoka, I think Popovich and Udoka are going to be great for those young up-and-coming teams to really develop and potentially make some noise next year or noise for years to come. Whether it was Udoka, Joe Mazzula, Brad Stevens, or Doc Rivers, uh, or Red Arbach, the coaching shouldn't matter. The coaching really should not matter. You have Jason Tatum, who finished fourth in MVP voting, so, by virtue, fourth best player in the league, let's call it. Then you have Jalen Brown, who was second team All-NBA. Again, by virtue, a top 10 player. But for argument's sakes, let's just call him top 15 player. Marcus Smart, top defender. Derek White, uh, second team All-NBA-D all team. Al Horford, wise, gritty veteran, who's been struggling a lot. I mean, there's just so much that favors the Celtics up and down the roster outside of coaching that these past couple of games make you realize like this is the talent disparity we've been talking about this is where our superstars are better than their superstars this is where our players are better than players just period so i i just but again you're down three nothing why you win game you game win game four and you win game five again the needle's pointing up but you dug yourself down in this hole and i'm still on that ledge because i know that that cliff is there and all it's going to take is one push and it's at the point where that one loss is that push. I don't want the Celtics to lose. I've been hard on the Celtics all season long. I don't want to be right about that. I don't want to be right that they've come up short in big moments, that they needed Udoka, that they don't have the players to do it, that they need to blow it. I, I don't want to be right about any of that. But I on this podcast and with my takes on this podcast, and of course when I'm talking sports here at the shop, I keep it real. I keep it, you know, I try to keep it as optimistic as I can, but I keep it as realistic more than anything. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, when the Red Sox were sucking last year in the middle of August, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say, oh, yeah, I think the Red Sox have a good chance to make make the playoffs, even though they brought in Tommy Pham and traded Christian, uh, Christian Vasquez. Like, I love the Patriots. I want the Patriots to make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl, and I want Mac Jones to be the best quarterback in the league. But A, I know he's not going to be. And B, I know our division got insanely more difficult this year. Like right now, as it stands, the Patriots are probably the worst team in the division. I don't want to say that. I hate saying that. But I'm not going to say that they're the second best team in the division, that they have the second best quarterback. No, that's just straight lying. I'm not going to do that. So 
wow, it's been 30 minutes just talking Celtics. That is fantastic. That is exactly the kind of episode that I really wanted. So before I wrap up today's episode, I do this with the Patriots throughout the regular season. Three keys to success. What are the three things that I'm looking for for the Celtics in Game 6 tomorrow in Miami for them to win? Again, for those that listen during uh, football season Patriots, I do this with every going into every game. I don't really do it with anyone else just because there's less games in football, so there's a little bit more to talk about in and out of each game. However, we've gone to pretty much uh, to the point where this team needs you know life alert, lifeline, right? So what are the three things? Number one has to be defense. Again, we've already talked about it. Celtics are six and zero oh this postseason when holding the other team to a hundred points or less. Under 100 points. Again, they won game four and five against Miami. They won game, uh, what was it? They won game six in game seven against Philadelphia. In game two, sorry, I'm just trying to go back and look at it, you know, really quickly. They won game one against the Hawks. That should be six games. Uh, one, two, three, four, yeah, five, six. And I think I saw, I saw a stat last night that Celtics facing elimination are now five and zero. Oh? That doesn't seem right. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four. They should be 4-0. They should be 4-0. Yeah, 4-0. I think they're 4-0 when facing elimination so far this year. In all four of those elimination games that they've faced, 97 points, 99 points, um, 86 points, 88 points that they've held the opposing team. Play defense. Turn defense into offense. Make them exhort energy on defense because they don't have the talent they don't have the players they don't have the defense to stop Jalen Brown Jason Tatum Derek White if he's going to give you 24 smart if he's going to give you 23 Al Horford hasn't been doing anything but all it takes is a couple shots for him to go in then he's going to be butter Celtics team's too talented on offense for them to focus a little bit more on defense and to still not get good offensive production that's just Plain and simple. So my first key to success is the Celtics have to play defense. I strongly believe that if they can hold Miami to under 100 points, like they've held every other team, they will win. It shouldn't be that hard. I think the Celtics can score over 100 points with their eyes closed, as frustrating and infuriating as this team has been to watch all season and all playoffs long. They should be able to score 100 points with their eyes closed. And if they can just give you 100 and 3% effort on defense and keep Miami under 100 points. I think they'll be fine. That's number one, defense. Number two, coaching. I liked Missoula coaching the past couple of games. I think his rotations have gotten a little bit better. I feel like his energy and his intensity has been dialed up. And you saw it a little bit in game six and game seven against Philadelphia. Uh, massively went away in the first three games against Miami, but it's been back just a tad in four and five. I think if Missoula, who has been under a microscope and pretty much been at gunpoint by every Celtics fan since they've faced adversity, but if you could bring that intensity, and you could hear you know on TNT you know here's Joe Missoula in the the Celtics uh, huddle, and you could just hear the passion, the fire, the intensity that he's bringing, I do think that rubs off when the Celtics play well and Missoula brings energy and intensity. It rubs off and it, and it trickles down the team. So, yes, 
Is Missoula the inferior coach in this series? Absolutely. There's no question about that. But that doesn't mean he still can't be and coach good. Just because, let's just say Eric Spolter is an A coach, right? And Joe Missoula is a B-plus coach. That doesn't mean that Missoula's B-plus coaching isn't good enough. But if you bring the intensity, you bring that fire, you bring that energy, it, and your players will see that, and it will trickle down, and it will rub off, and they'll bring that same intensity, that same energy. When they won Game 6 and Game 7 against Philadelphia, and they won Game 4 and Game 5, you can see it. So again, Joe Mazzula, he also needs to step up coaching, rotationally, intensity, energy, everything. But I still think as little as I think coaching is a factor in a team's success or failure, I still think the coach can play a vital role. Just because it's the inferior coach doesn't mean he can't help your team. Plain and simple. The third thing that I'm looking for in this game, it has to be perimeter shooting. Celtics did very well shooting the three ball last night. They did very well shooting the three ball in game four on Tuesday. You saw what the Celtics can't do when they're not hitting shots. I know Brown had that little abrasion on his hand. It looked like he was shooting a lot better. Derek White was shooting phenomenally. Smart, Tatum, they were all hitting some shots. I know Brogdon didn't really play. Horford's still struggling. But again, if you can hit 33%, if you just hit one of every three threes, I think you'll be in a good spot because you put up about 45 a night. So if you can give me 15 threes, that's 45 points just off of threes right there. You love that quick math. You should still be able to win, especially if you're holding Miami's defense to, or you're holding Miami with your defense to 100 points or less. So my three keys to success, the three things that I'm really looking for, again, is defense, coaching, and perimeter shooting. I think those are all three viable keys to success. Very, very doable. And I'm really, really excited. And obviously, if they do win game six, there's not going to be an episode before game seven because that's on Monday, Memorial Day at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Those keys to success easily roll over to a potential game seven. They really do. If you can hold them under 100 points like you did in games four, five, and hopefully six, all right, let's do the same thing. If we're shooting lights out and we're shooting 40% from three, all right, let's do that again, right? And if Joe Mazzula can bring that intensity, your players will play with intensity. It's not rocket science. But I feel like people think that it is, especially being down 3 nothing. maybe in the media, maybe you know, TNT, social media, whatever. They make it seem like a little more little bit more difficult to comprehend than it has to be. And it's really not. So hopefully today's episode locked and loaded with Boston Celtics chatter and discussions through and through today's episode was much needed, allowed me to get a lot off my chest. And hopefully it just shed some light on the potential that the Celtics team does have despite being down 3-0, 3-1, and now 3-2 going into a game six. I am excited. I'm optimistic. I feel confident in some ways. But also, I'm very hesitant, I'm paused, and I'm not trying to disrespect Miami Heat because you've already seen what that looks like. But that will wrap it up for today's episode. I really do hope you enjoyed today's episode that was just full of Boston Celtics chatter and discussion. Much needed now that they're really the focal point of Boston sports. Bruins out, Patriots, bleh, Red Sox. Yeah, we have all summer to talk about them. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for joining me. 
today for episode number 193 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I really, really appreciate you downloading, listening, and enjoying on all audio platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I've already rattled them off. Wherever you can find your podcasts, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. So make sure you download, listen, and enjoy. I greatly appreciate that. But, 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 if you're listening to this on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on the video. Please make sure you smash the thumbs up button. Comment down below. I'd love to read and reply to any and all comments about today's episode. But also, consider subscribing if you haven't already. Maybe you're new to the channel. Please hit that giant red subscribe button. I would greatly appreciate the love and support that way. If you want to reach out to me via social media, it's at Murph's Cartown on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Facebook, at Murph's Cartown. You can reach out to me on social media. But that is going to do it, guys. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy your long weekend. Be safe. Enjoy the weather. It's supposed to be beautiful. And hopefully, when we sit here and talk next Friday for next episode, we'll see. We're either going to be talking about Game 6, Game 7, and a Game 1 for the Celtics. Or we're going to be talking about how they choked it away and how they blew the series. But either way, I'm going to enjoy the ride. I'm going to try to have as much fun as I possibly can. But that will do it for this episode. You guys know that I love you. And I will always, always see you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.